on this episode of Big Drive Energy. We've got a lot to get into. We've got Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson spat. Phil Mickelson's gambling issues are rising once again in the light. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Lucas Glover winning again. Pretty back shocking. To back. back to back. Hasn't been done on the tour for a while. Going to talk about the Ryder Cup. We're going to talk about Jordan Spieth sharing snacks on the course and our favorite snacks. We're going to talk about the worst types of gamblers. Like We just got a loaded show today. And of course, this is all brought to you by our great friends over Pins and Aces, P&A. Uh, we are releasing a new, new-ish. If you played in our golf tournaments in Colorado, you would have seen this before, but we are releasing a new Pins and Aces shirt and towel uh, in the next week, co-branded. We love doing stuff with them. They've also released the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line, as well as they still have some stuff from the South Park line. I putted with the Butters ball marker yesterday and did pretty well for me. New for One of the first rounds with the new putter. We played a couple rounds of golf, Raindance National City Park. We're going to d- discuss that. But uh, head on over to pinsandaces.com. Use promo code BDE. And you're going to save 15% off your entire order plus free shipping. I'm currently wearing the Zippo polo. We both, uh, Mitchell's got the Pins and Aces hat on. We've got Pins and Aces hats in front of us. They do awesome stuff for Broncos colors. Um, Pins and Aces, I have the Pins and Aces Broncos hat, and I pretty much wear it every Sunday. It's my go-to. So sick. It matches everything Broncos uh, related for the football season. And if you're using code BDE, you're saving 15% off your entire order. Get yourself some joggers. Get yourself one of their new Joker hoodies. Get yourself... They're uh, dropping a new and improved liquor stick soon. New and improved liquor stick, which they have the patent on. Um, super sick. Super sick. Beer sleeve. Super sick. Nobody else has that either. Liquor stick. Super stick. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. got me. But head on over to pinsandaces.com. Promo code BDE. Save you 15% plus free shipping. All right. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Screen mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> All right, so we talked about Bryson DeChambeau last week, and then in his interview, he said, Go up to the red tees and try to score. And that's what we did yesterday. How did you? F- how was that? So for the record, we played City Park uh, here in Denver, Colorado, and it was 2,087 yards from the red. That's a fucking pitch and putt. The green tees, if you will. But the weird thing was, so every par four was like 265 yards. So if you hit a good tee shot, you're going to make birdie. If Because there's actually a few tougher pins out there, I would say, like number four comes to mind, tougher pin. Um, one, we both made birdie. Basically, we made the exact same score on every hole other than nine because I hit it in the water off the tee, which was fucking bullshit. Um, I was not happy about that. And to be honest, I really didn't hit very many good three woods throughout the day because 265 is like my three wood number. 
Um, and then I birdied. We both birdied five. Yeah, we both or basically drove, drove, fully drove the that green on that one. We had six. Six. Yeah, somehow, dude, you got the luckiest fucking break I've ever seen. You hit a stinger. Was that a five, four iron? Four iron. Stinger four iron straight at the bunker. It ends up like 10 feet behind the hole. So I have no idea how that worked out that way. Uh, but we both made birdie. Long story short, I shot three under. He shot four under. Um, so it felt relatively like... If if it was if we were like reparring, you know, and that's the tough thing is like if we were just to set two par what we thought that nine was with those distances, it'd probably be like a par like thirty one or thirty two. You know it, what I mean? Yeah, I. It's crazy how much more I enjoy playing golf when I don't have to hit fucking driver. <laughs> like, well, yeah, neither of us hit driver one time. No, nope. we even on the <clears throat> par five ninth which was i think playing like 360 yeah which is like a short Insane. par four uh i had four iron half sandwich i had four iron i had 109 in mitchell had four iron or three wood drop sandwich in okay can we talk about though like how much better you're hitting it i'm hitting it good shout out thanks to this guy you're hitting it much better um your setup and this goes for a lot of people the general public struggles with this. Uh, if you're setting up, especially to your driver, anything that you're moving it further forward in your stance, you want to make sure your shoulders aren't really opening up a lot with it. And some of it has to do with your trail arm. Like if your trail arm is too straight down, you actually want to have a little bend in that trail arm and keeping that right elbow a little bit more into your side. And that's going to pull that right shoulder back. Uh, I'm trying to explain it as well as possible for audio. If you're listening to this podcast, pull it up on the YouTube. Yeah, watch it on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Big Drive Energy. We do every pod uh, video recorded so you can see our amazing faces, my amazing Pins and Aces shirt, Mitchell's amazing Ripper GC oh, we'll Cam talk about Smith Cam shirt, Smith. which we'll talk about. Yeah. But um, no, go on. I, I It's like truly uh, uh, one of the best changes I've made in a while. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen you hit it this good in years. Especially with the the driver and the the long irons, because your your path is a little bit more inside out, probably just a little bit closer to zero. It's probably still maybe a little bit left, which is fine. Um, but you're not you're not setting up with your upper body so open that you're not you're you're now able with your shoulders where they're at to make a full backswing to get the proper arm depth in order to uh, come in at a relatively decent angle of attack one and also club path too so you've been striping it like you hit all those four irons you hit yesterday were fucking rockets like 250 with roll um but they were stingers they were like 250 dead at your target you hit that one on number four that was a little offline but other than that you were fucking striping it all day so credit to you i i honestly hit it like shit <laughs> The two par threes, I missed the green. Or no, I, I hit the one. Or there's three par threes on that nine. It's a weird nine. Yeah. It's three par threes, one par five. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a par, par 34. 34. Jinx me a Coke. Oh, uh, shit, then I shot 30. You shot... So I shot 31. Is there three par three? Oh, yeah, yeah. there is. Damn. <laughs> two... Damn, almost 29 for your boy. <laughs> well, see, but that's the point is, like, it, it helps amateurs get into their mind that they can shoot those kinds of numbers like kind of just seeing the ball go in the hole i think i fucked up 
the entire scorecard. Yeah, I think, like, on our TikTok? Well, yeah, I think I just fucked up the end of it. I got each hole correct, like, how many birdies we made. And I think just at the very end when I did the foot, like, what we shot number-wise, like, relative to par, I was correct. But it being a par 34, I actually shot 30 and you shot 31, which it it's not that impressive. You still you still have to, like, chip and putt, though. That's yeah. the thing is, like, if I you're... I should have chipped that one in. One of hit them... the center you, of the stick. And yeah, fucking, you did hit the hole after you chipped it over the green. But no, there... That was a tough, that was a tough first chip. I will, I will <laughs> say a lot of... Like, I, I think we played pretty well. Like, if we went out and did it again, I don't know if I can necessarily expect that. Just from a standpoint of, if you hit it in the wrong spots, like, it doesn't matter if you're 100 and, you know, we'd have to look at the stats from our boy Lou Stagner and find out what this number was. But, like, some of those shots were so short-sighted with pretty hard greens, pretty fast greens, yeah. that it doesn't do you any any good to be up next to the green that close if you're that short-sighted than if you're hitting a 100, 110-yard wedge shot from the middle of the fairway. Now, you could, granted, you could back off of it, yeah. but I don't think there was ever a hole, ever a par four where, where either like, of us didn't hit enough club to hit the green. Yeah, why wouldn't you hit it up to the green? But that's the other thing, too, and I used to do this at Spring Valley, our home course at the time, I would go play like the white tees, the blue tees, and the black tees because you're getting a difference in clubs into greens. You're getting familiar. So if you go play a random course that you've never played before, you're not like, God, well, I just never hit like, I never have nine iron in, you know, which at a lot of courses, if you play the same course over and over, there's flat out going to be clubs you just don't hit into greens for the most part. If you consistently hit the same club off the tee, so on and so forth. But it really gives you the chance to hit every single club in your bag. And it was tough because, like you said, a, even if we count those 265-yard par fours as par threes, th we're still getting it up by the green, but then you have to hit it on the proper side to give yourself enough. Like, I short-sided the hell out of myself on uh, number four, which I didn't get up and down. That was that chip that almost went in. Um, but there was almost a direct correlation between like missing on the right side and like getting it up and in. So that kind of goes for your game just in general, aiming at the fat part of greens, you know, never, not never short siding yourself, but there's actually a, there's been a stat that goes back and I know nobody probably gives a shit, uh, but it's interesting because the guys on tour are not better at making birdies than everybody else. They're better at voting of, of, <laughs> Jesus avoiding bogeys so there's a, a stat called bogey avoidance and some of the best players in the world just don't make very many bogeys like and lou stagner actually puts out a lot of these stats shout out uh lou um the difference between a, a 15 handicap and a say a five handicap is probably about one birdie around and about five bogeys around or five or, or two double or more bogeys. So it's not about how many birdies you're making. It's about avoiding bogeys. But when you're trying to go that low, like Bryson, you do have to make the birdies. So it is like you, you got to get it in the hole in a certain amount of shots. Thank you, John Madden, um, to make birdies. <laughs> yeah, well, and I will say that playing a, a course from the up tees may have been I'm not saying it wasn't fun. Like I said, I loved not hitting driver and being pretty sure the, still, the group of like dudes behind us is like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Yeah, we are. I mean, we're content machines and we wanted to try this out. No. I had a great time, but I think also it'd be a little more fun if you still couldn't hit driver, but it was a course where we weren't maybe at altitude where it was driver and then like, or I mean, four iron 
and you could pretty much guarantee like a yourself wedge. a fairway, but like a 50, 60 yard wedge. Yeah. Like a lot of the shots I had in the greens were legitimate 10, chips. 50, yeah. yeah. Like, like I was next to the green and two on a par four. Totally. Um, and so that would have made it a little bit more like, like kind if, of realistic of, am I actually making birdies or not? If we would have played it from like maybe a thousand more yards, maybe like a hundred, hundred more yards a hole. Yeah. And it just goes to show you though, with golf course design and granted it was the furthest we had in most of the day. But the par threes were still hard at that, 130, that, yeah, 120. Yeah, the par like, threes are the great equalizer because yeah. even on the PGA Tour, proximity to hole from 120 is like average proximity is like 20 feet. So it's not like you, every time a dude has 120 and they're just like fucking hitting it into three feet making birdie every time, you know? Yeah, exactly. But it was fun. We didn't embarrass ourselves like we did at uh, our play a hole with us at Raindance National. Why don't we get into that round a little that bit? That was brutal, dude. So as all of you know, if you're a golfer – and you play a golf course and you don't play well, you don't like the course. But you play well and you like the course. I was talking with Ryan, and you were kind of kind of talking about this earlier. He played Welshire the other day here in Denver, and he's played two rounds there and shot two pretty low rounds. And he loves the golf course. And the last time I played there, I hit some shanks, I hit some balls in some houses, and I can't stand the fucking golf course. So if you know, you know one of those things. But basically, if you play a, good, a round at a course that's – you know, well below your average, or you made more birdies than you've ever made, you kind of tend to like that golf course. And I think Raindance National for Mitch and I had some different perspective. <laughs> not like he shot 100. I mean, he probably shot 85, but that's not very, that's not very typical for you. But what did you think about the golf course? And if you can categorize it, what did you think about the golf course from a PGA Tour perspective, not necessarily our perspective? Yeah. So, <clears throat> First of all, let it be known that this is the longest golf course in North America, measuring almost 8,500 yards from the back tees. There was a few holes that we tried, like, dude, there, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll get into it, but overall, that was the first course I've ever played. Like, I don't hit it as long as you do by any means, um, but it's the first time where I was at a distinct disadvantage against you because of my distance. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. It was... Well, you can say you can tell us like what they said about the landing areas yeah. after we're, after the round, but yeah, I I mean I hit it. You you're hitting it farther this year. I'll give you full credit, but I still hit it probably twenty to thirty yards past you, and just some of the areas I hit, I hit some really good tee shots. But I was there was one hole I think I had one I had pitching wedge. I had like one forty five, and you had like two twenty or two two fifty two fifty. Yes, like. Yeah, so that that was part of my problem was my distance was very neutralized. There was one hole. First of all, I got to shout out Max, the uh, assistant pro out there. Fucking awesome. His name was Max, correct? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm so bad at names. Um, shout out to him for having us out. It was awesome. We had a blast. Uh it is the longest course in North America. So do you want to Google what the actual longest course is in the world? Because it said it was like 2,400 miles from us. Um, for I just don't know what it is. Um, but the, there was a stretch. Four and five are two par fours. They're both well over 500 yards. And if you don't crest the hill, which come to find out, I went into the pro shop later and bullshitted with the pros for a bit. Um, they put all the all the massive downslopes in uh, the course, like basically at a 330 carry from the back tee. So that essentially means, and 
the by the way the grass is fescue grass which i did, i was not very familiar with this i didn't even know it was a thing um but fescue grass you can put it you can make an entire course fescue which i think that place is or pretty close to it besides the greens but it keeps it super super firm at all times um so that place is never really going to get wet it's never going to play long um longer than it's supposed to let's put it that way but all the landing areas for the supposed like speed slots were over about 330 yards from the back tee so i'm carrying it 280 290 i'm sitting at the top of the hill and spencer's carrying it 320 or so and getting that speed slot and so even on what the fourth hole i had um i had fucking 245 in 250 in and you had like 160 what what did you have in on that that downhill that first downhill par four that's what the one i was talking about oh i, I had was, i was talking about in. number 10 too oh number 10 i had sandwich i had like 125 and i had 250 um still hit it just as close as you credit to me um but proximity <laughs> hole for good players and bad players but then what what started happening on the, <laughs> the fucking fifth hole here's what started going yeah down. well and also got to give you all the all the all the situation here um all the facts we had wind in our face for all of this so that was no fucking help whatsoever so we get to number six is it six no five um and this is a 600 yard par four wind in our face fucking absolute joke so the wind's in our face off the left we both don't even like get to the fairway we both hit it right into the weeds that's that that was like over by the women's tee by the the fucking up tees i i was just so annoyed at that point and other fact those pins were tough they did not sit them in the middle of a bunch of fucking greens by any means um no they were there was a lot of holes where i think in the first five holes i was in six bunkers yeah i hit i hit drives in bunkers then hit approach shots in bunkers yep um so real quick going back i finally found it's the article is from 2016 but it makes sense the longest whole course in there's one course that's apparently miles and miles long i, I don't know what the what the gimmick is there but uh dragon snow mountain golf club in lijiang china no shit 85 48 do, do you know what altitude it sits at par 72 it's located oh 3100 meters above sea level second highest golf course that's, in the world that's like well. nine thousand feet the shortest par three is 236 holy shit fuck that yeah but at that altitude you're probably hitting like would you ever yeah. want to go play golf in china i think it'd be fun i think it'd be sick yeah they have some great golf courses i don't think is there's not very many golf courses in china no i bet they got a tea time problem kind of <laughs> like we do. yeah that's why they have all those indoor driving ranges uh, but overall we had a blast i think i had the best sandwich on the turn that i've ever had um they had like a food truck out there let's talk a little bit about the clubhouse it's a temporary clubhouse but it's a grain silo fucking sweet and then there's like little offshoots of the grain silo to like smaller grain silos um with like benches and like umbrellas and tables and chairs under there um but then they had the food truck out the food the food was phenomenal um i got this sandwich that had like brisket and bacon and like uh they called it like dirty mayo or some shit like that 
I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, and like pickles and all, it was just phenomenal. So that kind of increased, that kind of helped the mood after the front nine. Cause even, Oh, another thing about this course, the, the practice putting green is fucking huge, like two, three acres in size. And the ninth green is actually an offshoot of the practice putting green. So kind of a cool deal. At the same time, kind of had me fucked up. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever... I mean, I haven't played a ton of golf courses, but enough. I've probably played 150 to 200, maybe more, and I've never before seen something like that. And we didn't even know it being on the practice putting green before the round. I was round. putting we were, over towards that. I was like, oh, they have a tall flag I, over yeah, there. Yeah, I was like, oh, maybe that's an extension of the chipping green. And then we come up nine, and we can't really see the putting green but you can kind of see that tall flag and i'm like that looks like the same flag and it was it was kind of crazy yeah it was very crazy but that's how you know that the putting green's legit is it's mowed the exact same as a real green like right. they, they wouldn't like change anything to mow like one foot from where they meet or anything like that like the putting green was legit the real you could green. legit you could probably have 60 to 70 people on that practice putting green and nobody's putting at the same hole yeah, if they cut that many holes, like, there wasn't that many holes cut. But, like, if you're hitting a 10-footer, easily 50 to 60 people hitting 10-footers to a tee. Yeah. And no one's around each other. It was insane. Mm -hmm. And just talking about, you know, it's a newer golf course. It's only two years old. Yeah. Just the feel of that is is crazy. Like, yeah, it's a windy, dry area, so that probably uh, enhanced that a little bit. I mean, I know it's been wet here in Colorado, but, like, the greens were rock hard, dude. It's you're not spinning a ball backwards unless no. you like cl like clip a chip shot. Like you're not making any ball marks on the greens. The mm -hmm. divots even in the fairway were hard to take. Um, so just kind of interesting to play. You know, a lot of the courses we play have played like city parks are redesigned, but you know, Wellshire these courses are eight, almost a hundred years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. It being a brand new course definitely plays into just exactly how firm it was and i also think that if we played it again because there is quite a few blind tee shots especially from the tees that we were playing when you can hardly see like a lot of the holes were downhill credit to them because um, i wouldn't be playing a flat 600 yard par four but there's two 700 yard par fours whoa 700 yard par fours uh Five. Two 700 yard par fives. Okay, yes. That that sounds a little more daunting than a 600 yard par four. Maybe. See, I don't think so. Uh, maybe it doesn't. No, because that's only 100 extra yards for one extra par, one extra shot. Like, fair. Um, but anywho, the, uh, the, a lot of the tee shots were blind. So if we went back and knew where to hit it and kind of what the story of the course was, I feel like we'd, we'd play better um, and kind of know where to hit it and kind of pick your spots type of thing. But that part three we played and posted on TikTok was fucking brutal. I hated it. We had wind off the left. I hit it short right into the... That's the other thing about this place, too. All the canyons. Like, you, there's Arroyos. no... Arroyos. Arroyos, yes. But they basically, it was that's like a mini canyon. Um, looking for your ball is just flat out not an option. Like, you hit it over a certain area, you're like, okay, that's gone. Um, I think I probably lost four or five balls. So that was... Uh, pretty pretty red letter day for me in the not good way <laughs> i was like i fucking suck so that it was it was fun uh you got on my nerves a little bit during the round yeah mitchell's sergeant poopy pants the whole round it was when he doesn't play well he's fucking grumpy no nope. anybody out there listening that's played around with him knows he's just a fucking no big old dude i'm fuck. I, I that wasn't what it was about it was about you being on your cell phone 
the whole time. When I play around midweek, it's called a work meeting. Okay. Well, that's bullshit. Um, and at one point, this was kind of the kicker for me, is you told me, you're like, dude, I got to fucking work. And then the next hole, we're in the middle of the fairway, you're blaring an Instagram video to the point where I was waiting for you to turn it off so I could hit my tee shot in the middle of the fairway. Do you, is Instagram work for you? Do you scroll Instagram for work? Uh, I don't scroll it for work, but so I you're was... doing you're doing on the golf course what you do at work? Scroll Instagram? No, um, uh, post on Instagram. That's but, what I, it's part of my job description. Okay, I I'm picking up what you're putting down, but not fucking. And you know you can hear the song and you know what kind of video. Oh it is. yeah, I'm could've... like oh yeah okay what what the fuck is Spencer watching over here? some thirst trap over here? Yeah, but Mitchell's this big back off guy and fucking dude. Grumpy I was and... poopy pants just because then made it not fun. Well, no. Do you know what else wasn't fun? Was <laughs> I'm not gonna say the golf course, but my experience that first time. It just fucking. It was a treacherous scene for me. Like, I will be dead honest. The length of that golf course flat out made it not fun for me, and it got to the point where I was just swinging so fucking hard, like just to get it out there in the fairway, that I was completely going away from my traditional game, my golf game. So. At the end of the day, very cool to experience. Would I want to go play those tees again? Probably not. That course is not built for a guy like me. Built a little bit more for a guy like you. It would be fun to go play it from like 7,500 yards and yeah. see what it's like. Uh, there was a lot of, like you said, blind shots, but also you go up to a tee box and you just look up and you're kind of guessing, and then there's a stick that is supposed to signify the and middle of the And I felt like the even the stick was kind of deceiving. Like that one par five on the back... Because you, Fabian, maybe hit it 10 yards right of the stick, and it was in the driving range. Like, we didn't know the driving range was yeah, down there. Yeah, it was there. also in the driving range. And, he, and I pulled my tee shot, which I thought was too far left. It's perfectly in the middle of the fairway. I'm like, holy shit. Like, luckily, I pulled it. Um, so, yeah, I think we would have more fun if we played it again. Overall, just too long. Like, TPC Colorado is just at the at that spot for me where I can handle it, even though it is long. It's about 7,800, 7,700 up here. Um, so at a, at sea level, it probably plays 7,200-ish. Uh, but TPC Colorado is about at my threshold for distance, like, or Colorado Golf Club. Like, I can play those courses well. I, I have to play good. But I legitimately don't think from the back tees at – rain dance i could shoot anywhere near even bar like it's just not in my fucking wheelhouse because it is legitimately about distance at that place yeah and so do you think when they host a professional event it'll be like all right brian Harmon, you're out guys like that um or do you think they hit it far enough or they're just that good all around everywhere else to like make it playable no i i definitely th- with, with that distance, I think a lot of those guys are out. Unless they're, unless they can somehow manufacture it, get super low spin driver, put a different driver in the bag. But and it isn't super penal off the tee. There's pretty wide landing areas, so that's not necessarily it. But distance wise, um, I think the shorter guys. There's no Brian Gaze winning a golf tournament out there. What I will say though. I know they have aspirations of hosting a PJ Tour event. And the golf course wasn't my cup of tea, but it's a good golf course, don't get me wrong. But from the landscape aspect, I don't see how they could host a tour event there. 
there's just flat out not enough room to put any spectators unless you bulldoze all that fescue that they have and put a bunch of stands in the fescue you know what i mean there's just not the the flat room flat area to put stands on every single hole like that one part three on the back nine it was like a cart path on the side of the hill you're fucking hitting it over an arroyo <laughs> and it's a uh, unless some of can, us hitting it over the arroyo oh yeah the, my first one ended up in inside of it um but oh fuck off by the <laughs> way uh there's just no room to put any spectators there whatsoever so i think from that aspect and also it is it is a ways away like it was an hour drive from your house to the golf course so that's a it's not like a hop skip and a jump from dia it's at least 45 minutes to an hour and i know that's not not doable but i think for where that place is at it needs to mature another five to seven years to really be considered like once they have a clubhouse once they you know you you can't have a fucking pop-up clubhouse and even if it is a grain silo uh, and well, what I think is funny is it was probably obviously cheaper to do what they did and get it off the ground and get a play. Like the clubhouse is sick as fuck. It has a grain silos that go out and you said into other grain silos that turn into like picnic tables, like yeah. hanging picnic tables. And there's a food truck. Food was phenomenal. Um, but I think it's funny that they had so much money that they were like, okay, we know we're going to build a bigger clubhouse, but we're still going to build a nice enough clubhouse to where it could be legit if you didn't like think about it you know like that that like if you didn't want to have a tour event there that that clubhouse is fine it had merch it had uh, you know an office it had everything um but it's funny how like they built that and, and it's just like a temporary thing but they didn't just throw a fucking construction level you know shitty yeah. t- you know fucking double wide double out. wide out there yeah oh um, absolutely it, and i wonder what they're gonna do with it once the clubhouse is actually built like they'll have to make it into Maybe that'll be the Goat Ranch's clubhouse, which I think is going to be like their par three course. Um, but there's so much construction going on up there that this place is not going to be even done for probably the next five years. So we can revisit that here in half a decade. You'll have four kids by then. No. Uh, you won't be playing any golf. You'll be work, home, work, home, sleep, repeat. Yeah. Not, not I'll have gonna no happen. kids by then. That is not going to happen. All okay. right. Let's talk about Cam Smith lapping the field at Trump Bedminster. His, he got the team win. Mitchell's got the Ripper GC shirt on right now. Shout out to represent Cam Smith. And Mitchell, you had a little hot take here in the office about a half hour ago that Cam Smith is the best player in the world right now. Would you like to, would you like to discuss? Yeah, I mean, if you look at who's won the most recently, like Scotty Scheffler hasn't won very recently. John Rahm hasn't won very recently. Uh, Rom did get a major this year. Scheffler did not get a major no, this year. No, he didn't. I bet him in every one. <laughs> uh, that's that's the mush that we need for him to fucking start losing or not winning. Um, but Cam Smith, this like he, I think he won by like seven shots. Uh, yeah, he, he was twelve under, and the next, next guy, guy was five. Like, yeah, and the team, I believe, the team score was. Uh, their team score was seventeen under. They had Leishman played pretty well. And then that fucking idiot, um, that blonde kid, fucking Jedediah or whatever his that, name is, he shot that's like, like a two, five handicap. Yeah, he shot like two over. But uh, his Cam Smith, if his other team just didn't play, 
and D- WD, he would have won. Oh my god! Like the the next team score, best team score was eleven under. Holy shit! That's yeah. So, so that's how much he just lapped the field. And uh, I, you know, I've seen some things about live golf, and you know, we've we talk about it almost every podcast. But it's it's professional golf, and it's worth watching. And some of the best players in the world are in there, if not the best player right now. And they say that they have Mickey Mouse setups. And I don't think, like, going to Cedar Ridge, where we did in Oklahoma, and watching a full weekend of live golf, like, I don't see that. Maybe, you know, I, no, I mean, you're going to be out at Bedminster at some point, you yeah. know, moving, like, 20 minutes from there. Uh, but I'd be curious to see what the difference in, like, the setup was for... Because I think, you know, the, the PGA Tour sets these up, and they set the pins or in on PGA Tour events, and the live golf obviously has people that do that too. But you would think that they would set it up the same way like, no, and, and they'd I want think, a competitive I event i mean because bedminster's hosted tour events before so it's not like they're the the place in tulsa that we went to um had never hosted any sort of event before but still a decent length country club looked pretty you know parkland style uh pretty standard for like a tour course but then you have the greenbrier then you have um Bedminster, like these courses are not just your local muni. Like they're tough layouts or tough tracks. Uh, and so for people that are saying like they make these Mickey Mouse setups, I think that's total horseshit. Cause you still have guys shooting over par. If it was, if it was a Mickey Mouse setup, these guys would be shooting. You could almost contend that there's more Mickey Mouse setups on the PGA Tour. Look what they do every year at the Tournament of Champions. Look what they do every year at the John Deere. There's courses every year on the PGA Tour where these guys are expecting to shoot 20-plus under for four days. And Cam shot, you said, 12 under for... Three days. For three days. So he's averaging four under par. In Bedminster, I know for a fact, not that I I haven't played it yet, but I know it's a very challenging course. It is not easy by any means. The greens are lightning quick. Um, And then what was the other one they played in? It was a... Oh, this is another Trump course. uh, Trump Potomac... Uh, Trump Maryland when they played, or or Trump uh, Washington DC. Um, you remember that? No, I don't. Well, I was just trying to find the last PGA Tour event that was there to kind of um, get a get an get idea some point of, of the, reference of the uh, score under par. I can't find anything uh, like substantial other than the fact like that they lost the 2022 PGA Championship. It was supposed to be at Bedminster, and they lost it because of uh, Trump and the whole scenario that we won't get into on this podcast. But the fact that they, the PGA itself, decided to have a their championship at this course, and and then calling it a Mickey Mouse course or Mickey Mouse setup is just fucking flat out wrong. You're 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 taking the the PGA as the highest level of choosing their course for their championship. Yeah. And then you take a live event here and all of a sudden it's, Oh, it's, fuck this course or fuck the, you know? Yeah. What? Oh, absolutely. They're, they just love to move the goalposts to, you know, rile up the fans about how much better the PGA tour is than live and all that bullshit. But at the end of the day, Cam Smith, our boy, cousin Cam is walking out of there with four plus million in cashola. So I think Cam Smith Cam Smith is kind of one of the dudes too that's perfect for live because the it's not really necessarily about the money for him but he has the kind of game to just compete at majors and so yeah he'll go out and play well and live win live tour events but then he still has the game to go out and compete 
at the Masters, you know, every single major, he's he's going to be right near the top of the leaderboard or in the mix. So, um, Liv seems like it's it's worked out pretty well for him. Oh, absolutely. It's worked out well for a lot of players. And um, another quick storyline, Harold Varner III said it's harder to win on the Live Tour than on the PGA Tour. That caught some eyes, uh, <laughs> considering he's never won on the PGA Tour. So that's kind of funny he to say. On, he, or no, he won the Trump at Trump uh, D.C., yeah. Okay, so yeah. I was thinking, so, I was like, he has one on the live or the, the PGA Tour. Kind of interesting comment to make. And then um, Phil Mickelson and Rory McIlroy going back at it. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Factory Meal Kits. This is not an ad read. It is an ad read, but <laughs> this is an honest truth. I had the Louisiana shrimp from Factor about two hours ago. Um, two days in a row, I've brought in sh- salmon and shrimp into the office and warmed it up. Kind of a... Salmon in the office is a fireable offense. Yeah, kind of a party foul, but I kind of warned the people that were around and just let them know, you know, hey, I'm eating my salmon. But Factor has fire meals. Like I said, I had the Louisiana shrimp today, and it's just so much easier to use Factor. We get it delivered every single week to the house. Uh, Every day I can just grab lunch. I don't have to make myself a sandwich or ask someone to make me a sandwich. Uh, I just throw the factor in my backpack put it in the fridge at work and warm it up it takes two to two and a half minutes um and you don't you know it's just it's a healthier choice as well like you don't have to uh the two great things about it healthy choice you can do keto you can do vegan if you don't do dairy um you can do uh, low calorie they have a lot of different plans but they also don't make you cook your own food which is hilarious we have somebody in the office that i won't mention um but she didn't originally get her factor box because she thought she'd have to cook it. <laughs> you know, I read the fine print lady. Yeah, but kind of funny that you didn't want a meal plan. It's not Marissa, was it? No, it wasn't. Okay. I can't cook. She <laughs> can't cook, but she didn't say that out loud. You just want to make sure that it was like, okay, if if I have factor, this is so I don't have to cook. Yeah. Yes. And My so and Oh, okay, perfect. Factor is they're fresh, never frozen meals ready in two minutes. They have stuff like the bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. If you're too re- too busy during the summer to worry about lunch, just get Grab Factor. They have a great discount. Promo code DNVR50 will save you 50% off your first box. Their smoothies are also great. They have veggie options. They have breakfast options. Head over to factor75.com. Check it out. They have so many good options, and it's all ready for you to eat in two minutes. Uh, my favorite meal kit that I've ever had, I've, I've been through a gamut of them. I'm not the greatest cook either. I'm like a frantic child in the kitchen when things aren't like cooking at the same time. I make things like 30 minutes before the other thing is going to be done. I'm just not good at planning and not good at cooking. So Factor is a perfect thing for if you're like me and just want a quick meal um, as fast as you can get it and delicious meal. Not like a, you're not warming up a Stouffer's here. Yeah, shout out Stouffer's. Or a frozen pizza. No, they're like their shrimp is some of the best shrimp uh, I've had in a while. Like, and I just threw it in the. You warm it up in the microwave, and it comes out. You're like, holy shit! This legitimately tastes like it was just cooked. So the the food is because for me personally, you know, I try to watch my calories where I can. Obviously, as everyone sees, it doesn't work that well all the time. But just from a flavor aspect, like they taste great. It, the convenience is obviously there, but they taste awesome. Um, the, and honestly, you're you're not wasting a bunch of food. That is my biggest thing when I cook. 
I spend fucking fifty dollars every time I make a meal, and then I have a million dishes to clean up. I'm like, and it takes me fifteen minutes to eat. I'm like, so I just spent three hours eating a fifteen minute meal for fifty dollars when I could have gotten a factor box and been done on the couch chilling. Uh, in the time it took me to fucking chop onions. <laughs> you could have been on the couch drinking a Breck Distillery bourbon. Breck Distillery is the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos. They're having a contest. It's Ed McCaffrey versus Alfred Williams. You can vote on your favorite and win Breckenridge Distillery and Broncos swag. To enter, BreckenridgeDistillery.com forward slash bourbon dash of dash denver dash broncos hashtag broncos bourbon you can win two tickets to the whiskey suite for broncos chargers on new year's eve uh i think i would probably not be allowed back at the breck suite if i was allowed in the suite one time especially on a new year's eve game facts um but they have the best bourbon in the game we know that they've won so many awards that like when i read this ad there's like a paragraph of just the awards they've won also ricky seltzers are made with breck spirits breckenridge distillery is known as the world's highest distillery founded in 2008 most widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey a high rye mash american style whiskey i have the broncos bourbon shooters in my office uh they are never consumed during work never consumed during working hours which may be from eight to noon maybe from noon to five whatever i decide them to be but broncos bourbon is the one that we always pour out we have a uh glass at our or a bottle at our house right now that we pour out i think we're gonna have a fire tonight and have a fucking breck i probably shouldn't say that in the ad uh we're gonna have a breck breck distillery bourbon it's gonna be amazing yeah breck distillery bourbon and a fire there's just no better way to go about it i like mine on the rocks but the rocks glasses that I actually, this might be a hot take. I actually like the the rocks, actual ice, like the ice uh, chips or yeah. a uh, a ball versus the ones that keep the flavor. Not because I don't like the flavor. I love the flavor, but I like to have more of a drink. Like if I'm drinking a Breck Distillery bourbon with just the you know the non melting rocks, I'm going through like seven of them. Totally. Quick. If the water kind of dissolves into it as the ice melts, you can eat like, the ice cubes. It just takes you a little bit longer to get through it so you're not just completely buckled at the end of the night just an all-around win and even though breck breck distillery is an official distiller and the official partner of the denver broncos breck distillery is available in all 50 states you can shop your local retailer i guarantee you they have it my favorite is the rum cask with the white top or the teal top actually the teal logo the white and teal logo um, or visit breckenridgedistillery.com for home delivery of award-winning breckenridge spirits all right, Phil versus Rory, Rory versus Phil, uh, saga number 68,422. Uh, Rory fired back at Phil, basically talking about how much Phil bets and has bet. Um, do you want to pull up that graphic? Do you have that graphic handy? Me? And can run through kind of his amount of bets and all. You know, Rory basically said now Phil can bet on the Ryder Cup because he's not going to be a part of it. Uh, pretty amazing quote from Rory. And then I guess Phil fired back with something about betting on every single match Rory plays in that he's going to lose, and he cried at last Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's Phil, – Phil is dominating this whole thing. Like, I'm sorry for those of you who want to hate on Phil Mickelson because you love the tradition of the PGA Tour. Uh, he's dunking on everybody every time he gets the chance. He's a billionaire at this point or close to it, and uh, he really has nothing to lose here. He's already won. If if I was Phil, I'd be like, why don't you go win another major, Rory, and shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, 
But if we're talking strictly about Phil Mickelson's gambling stats, um, this was bet. Uh, okay, so this was a while ago. I'm sure he's made more bets. Uh, he had a 1,115 bets. Uh, in the amount, just a straight bet minus one ten, betting one hundred ten thousand to win one hundred thousand. Um, Eight hundred fifty eight bets of two hundred twenty thousand to win two hundred thousand. Three thousand one hundred fifty four uh, bets made in twenty eleven, averaging almost nine per day. So he's a degenerate. And uh, $143,500 amount lost on one day of 43 MLB bets on June 22nd, 2011. That dude can fucking gamble. That, him and, like, do you think him and John Daly are boys? Because John, I, I think maybe John just likes the slots. Um, but do you have any buddies that just grind in the sports book and, like, are just full on degenerate gamblers? Um, no, one of the, one of my, Greg, Greg's a pretty degenerate gambler. I think, unfortunately, I'm the biggest degenerate out of all my Of friends. the friend group. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not, they like betting, but it's like the, in like the one-offs, like UFC fights, stuff like that, they'll get pretty into. But as far as waking up and like going to sit on the toilet and looking at all the lines for the day, couldn't be me, but somebody does like, that's a degenerate. Yeah. That's you. Um, and it is a blast. Like sports betting is so much fun. You got to do responsibly, by the way. Um, shout out bet three, six, five, but Phil Mickelson is a professional gambler that just pays for his gambling with golf. So I think he's kind of living every dude's dream. Uh, but I, it kind of got me thinking, like, what are the worst kind of gamblers to hang around? And if we're talking more, we can talk sports gamblers. We can talk casino gamblers. Um, we can talk gambling just on the golf course amongst your friends. So give me a few that come to your mind that you just, like, hate gambling with or next to. Or there's just certain – there's gambling etiquette that you have to learn in order to to get it. It's just one of those things you have to do. Um, so I definitely have a few of them, but – you start us off, I'll kind of chime in here. Well, one of the easiest easiest picks to throw out there is the person that doesn't give a fuck about the entire table at a blackjack table. That person is the worst. When they're just splitting the most... That un- chick in like, Tulsa. She was horrible. And she, was, she was hitting on 18 with a dealer showing a 9 because she thought she could catch a 2 or a 3 or an ace. And then proceeds to, to fuck the entire hand like... And, and the dealer didn't say a word. Like, she just, the dealer clearly did not care, but go on. Uh, no, it just, it's, you need to care about yourself, and ultimately it's your money, and you need to play the game how you think you can win. But when it directly affects everybody else at the table, it just turns into a disaster. Oh, yeah. For everyone. And it's not fun to play with those people. It's not fun to be around, you know, like, it, you just, it's immediately, like, you can tell in, like, two to three hands it's time to get up take my chips off and go somewhere else. thousand percent and and kind of piggybacking on that uh craps table when you're at a craps table and you're mid-roll and somebody comes up and throws their money down mid-roll and it's more of a juju thing there's really no statistics that back this it's just when you have a hot table rolling it's like when you're you know you're 
hockey team or whatever's on a hot streak, you don't change the starting lineup. You don't fuck that up. You just you just throw the fastball. You keep doing what you've been doing, and you stick with it until somebody rolls the old Elway. That's uh, number seven, but we don't say number seven at the table. Uh, so when somebody just rolls up and throws down cash mid-roll, uh, kills the momentum of the table also because then they have to the dealer has to sit there, count your shit, fucking this coming in, blah, blah, blah. And then the roller, I, I just feel like it just kills the vibe. So that's, that is another one for me that I, I hate. The craps table has a lot of unwritten rules that I think people, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people that we talk to are like, do you play craps? They're like, no, I don't get it. And I get that you don't get it. You kind of just have to play, but then you turn into when you play enough, like I'm not like I play a fair we play a fair amount we gamble a fair amount but we've you kind of just automatically turn into a crap snob a like bit. when you see somebody doing something you're like what the fuck are they doing yeah and the way certain people roll the dice is not <laughs> not uh, you you tend to be a little bit of an iffy roller sometimes I would uh, say no because you throw I, the overhand I go yeah, yeah I go like over. you you go uh, How, you go under yeah like side hand you, uh, well it depends on where you're at at the table. If if I'm on the, I'm not gonna fucking throw right-handed. If I'm on like the dealer side of the table, down to the other end, I'm not going Randy Johnson fucking submarine in it. You know? I know, but I'm just saying I'm, he's like the low delivery type of thing. He wasn't even that low a delivery. Never mind. I don't know why I thought of that. Um, but we played craps with this dude in Baltimore, who was in a wheelchair at the uh, craps table, which makes it pretty tough. Uh, to see, because his it, it was his literally like, like just his up. head above the craps table. Um, yeah, and so he, I swear, over fifty percent of his rolls went o- over off the other end of the table, out of play. But he always made sure to hit us with that snap. At he just fucking shot. It was like he shot put overhand off the other end of the table, and he's like, "Yeah, that one was good." And we're like, "Fucking dice out." call same dice like oh my god dude this i also i'm just gonna honesty hour here we in the trust tree i i farted right in that dude's face the entire time (laughs) oh my god i hadn't dude we that baltimore that seafood hit me he did have a mask on this was oh good thank god that's the mask stops everything yeah we know uh, yeah so it's good it's fine cures everything yeah Yeah, so i bet he didn't even smell it Probably not. He was too busy fucking chucking the dice to the other end of the casino to to worry about my farts. But I just, of all the times that I had a lot of gas going, I've got a dude in a wheelchair sitting eye level with my asshole. Oh, man. What a disaster for him. His eyes were probably Um, fucking burning. Another gambler that bothers me is the... This is so... Like, we don't bet... We don't money shame. We don't unit shame. We don't talk about another man's money. But, like, the dudes that, like literally fucking act like their team won the super bowl when they win a five dollar hand at at like blackjack or craps or any of that like act like you've been there yeah it's just a little it's just over the top and you have to also be aware of what's going on like to me a hundred dollars on a bet is a lot of money like like that's a fair amount of money that's enough to care yeah it's enough to like get me going for sure well i was in vegas one time and the guy we're playing i'm playing craps and i'm playing hundred dollar hands or not hundred dollar hands but like there's like 25 in the in you the pass 100, line. You got 150 on the board. Yeah, I got a lot on the board. This yeah. guy's coming up and playing this random ass shit, which I still don't get. He was putting 50,000 on the board. So I'm sitting there like, so yeah, it's all. That's relative. when I You're like ask him. him. Yeah, yeah, like I'm like, what? 
do you want me to do? Yeah, here? exactly. Like, like, you know, that's the, just the read unaware. The room. Be, be socially aware, which I guess is the general gripe with everybody in general <laughs> of the world yeah. is nobody has the social awareness. But yes, reading the room is definitely uh, a big part of it. Another thing, obviously, this is almost all gamblers. Nobody ever tells you, and this is why people can get sucked into gambling and gamble responsibly once again. All your buddies ever talk about is when they want to bet. They could lose 10 straight bets and then win one, and they just tell you. And then, but do you know what I love is when people get like hoodwinked into, uh, they're like, God, how much money you've been winning? Like, even at the bachelor party we were at this last week, and somebody goes, like, How much money you've been winning on like these, these, uh, NHL bets or whatever? And Sam was like, Well, I lost plenty, but I only send you guys something when I win. Like, I'm not going to be like, Lost another one, lost it. You know what I mean? So that, that is where it gets tough as, and, that is my other, uh, this is when you go into a casino, when you first start gambling and you like think you have a chance to like not lose all your money. Um, I hate to say it, but you got to fucking plan on wa- walking out with all the money not in your pocket that you walked in there with. Yeah. Gam- and if you do that, you'll have a way better time. But when you start getting pissed off about losing your money that you brought into the casino, then that's your, that's on you, not on them. Gambling, you have to relate it to going to a, a sporting event where you're going to get entertainment and you're going to buy drinks and you're and th- like if you bring if you pay three hundred dollars for tickets and then spend 200 you on drinks spend 200 on drinks that's just like bringing 500 dollars into a casino yeah you don't expect but the somebody casino to pay you is back. the only place where you could possibly walk with some <laughs> some money still in your pocket right or more when, yeah on the occasion yeah like when you go to a game anything it's sunk cost <laughs> you're never seeing that shit back uh, when you go to a casino, there's always that potential. But just being realistic, like when so many guys are like, oh, dude, I, I, I'm I, going to have a hot night tonight. I'm like, chances are you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. hate to break it to you, but. Yeah, the people that think they're actually going to make money gambling are generally the worst gamblers there are. Yeah. It's just for fun. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's entertainment. And we do all of our gambling with our great friends over at Bet365. They've got incredible odds for golf tournaments. They've got the... Um, the double bet essentially on golf where you can bet them to win, but then you also get some places as well with bet three, six, five. It's the best app out there by far. We've used a lot of different apps. I've signed up for every little free deal (laughs) that I could get. Um, But we've used a lot of gambling apps and bet three, six, five is by far the best. When you sign up for bet three, six, five, you want to use code DNVR three, six, five. That'll get you $200 in bonus bets, which we're still rolling on. We'll give you guys our picks for the BMW here in Chicago. So I have um, almost 500 in my account from that parlay. Oh, look at you. Mitchell hitting. They boosted a parlay for Mitchell in case you didn't catch that last week, and now Mitchell's rolling in the <laughs> dough. <laughs> and that'll be gone pretty quickly. But Bet365 pioneered in-game live betting, and they offer, a wide, they offer the widest range of games and markets available for live in-game betting. So if you miss the first tip, if you miss the first pitch – Hop right in. You can get on Bet365 and still gamble on that game. There's over 80 million users worldwide, and they stream over 780,000 events each year. So you can go in there, live bet, watch your game. And like I was saying, for golf, they have the each-way bet. Bet365 offers each-way betting for golf. An each-way bet doubles your wager and splits your bet into one bet on the player winning and another bet on the player placing. You could win even if the player doesn't come in first place. Just select a winner, set your wager, check off the each-way, and place your bet. 
You can track every drive, iron, and putt from your favorite player in real time with shot-by-shot data and interactive course visualizations all within the app Bet365. So PGA Tour app, I've, I've complained on this pod multiple times. I now use the Bet365 app to watch golf as well when I'm not actually watching it on TV, which is pretty often now. I watch almost every shot of a tournament, it feels like. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado to receive this offer. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, text call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. also want to tell you guys about our great friends over at Burrito Express. If you're in Arizona, which we will be this coming uh, off-season when we get to Burrito Express and get down to the AZ area where it's we can play golf, you know, because I'm going to go on a little hiatus come October, November, where I don't want to see a golf club for a while, and then I'm going to get the itch again. I'm going to go to Burrito Express. The second I land, get to the rental car, I'm driving through at Burrito Express, and they have incredible breakfast burritos, by far my favorite breakfast burrito that I've ever had. The tournament, everybody was super pumped about having free Burrito Express at our golf tournament. We're going to have them every time. They're a great partner of us at All City and PHNX. They've got multiple locations in Arizona, and you're just able to customize your burrito so much. They, they pride themselves on being local. They're a little bigger than local. They don't want to say that, but the owner of Burrito Express is awesome. He played in the golf tournament as well super cool guy to me his tiktok is actually pretty hilarious by the way um but they're they're awesome guys you can get steak you know steak and egg breakfast burrito breakfast supreme and they you can make any burrito there enchilada style add red or green sauce over the top are you red sauce or a green sauce guy um i'll go christmas i'll go a little bit of both okay isn't that like new mexican style that's new mexico yeah isn't that no marissa's shaking her head you don't call it christmas well, it's no, green, green and, and red. red. It, yeah, in New Mexico? Like maybe in Texas. Okay. Okay, then they're not mixers. We had a buddy in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that said he went wow. he went Christmas on his on his burritos. But yeah, you could dab one a little bit of both. Yeah, I'm a but if you had to choose one. Uh green chili. I'm green. I'm green salsa. Red gives me even a lot of green, heartburn. Even green salsa I like more than red salsa. I do like green salsa a lot. People too. hate when I bring green salsa to a party and I'm like, this isn't for you. This bitch. is for me. This is for me. And the shrimp cocktail you always bring, that's only for you. Yep. This is for me to go on my burrito express. So make sure to check out their Tempe location right by Arizona State's campus. Great burritos all the time, Burrito Express. I love that. All right, Lucas Glover won again. What the fuck do we make of this? Yeah, dude, I He's just caught a hot streak that I, and in all honesty, I hate, I really hate to be this guy, but I think it makes the PJ Tour look kind of weak. Like this dude, and he has been very different on the greens uh, these last few weeks winning, but he's 160th ranked in stroke skin putting for the season. And he's now won. Scotty Scheffler's like, what the fuck? Why can't I do he's this? Like, if I could only be 160th, um, I'm 185th. But it really does, like, I think it feels very, like, 2008 PGA Tour to me, where uh, Lucas Glover being kind of a, I wouldn't say a no-name guy, but uh, definitely a guy past his prime going out and winning in back-to-back weeks, especially this one when the fucking FedEx Cup is on the line, first round of the playoffs. Like, these are where the big players need to come out and shine. And the fact that... A mid-level guy past his prime goes out and wins. Very happy for the dude. Like he seems like a genuinely good guy, and I always, I always did root for him back in his heyday. But just so wild that 
now he is somehow just outside of like the Ryder Cup rankings and it is literally just what he's done in the last two weeks. He was barely going to didn't he barely like get into the tour or into the playoffs? No, he was pretty firmly in it because of his he had a late late season resurgence late and he had a few I think top fives where if really <laughs> I'm making it sound way easier than it is but the top 70 PGA Tour players if you had a couple of good top five finishes you made it in to the top 70 now I think he's third in the FedEx Cup standings holy shit yeah which is crazy and this dude's gonna make literally eight times what he was gonna make on the PGA Tour he made in two weeks what he almost what he'd made in about 10 years on tour now that's granted inflation of the PGA Tour yeah but winning a the last event and then winning a playoff last event before the playoffs and then winning the first playoff event these purses are so inflated and I've actually had Lucas Glover on my card I think two or three times this year and I think I had him on there for the John Deere and he like missed the cut and then he won the next week or two weeks after that which is super frustrating um, but I think your point about I was thinking the exact same thing is like this doesn't all look these good fucking for the players are out here losing to that guy <laughs> like and I'll say it I said it once I'll say it again shave or fucking grow your beard out bro you look yeah. horrible uh, his pants sweat let's he's, talk about that well yes but everyone real real quick on the beard thing he's so old that he's now shaving his beard to make himself look younger that's how old and washed Lucas Glover is. You f- you feel me? Yeah. Like, and he is making like Patrick Cantley took him to a playoff, rinsed one right away. Sick job, Patrick. He even though make, he's like lamer than Lucas Glover. Yeah, fucking walking Elmer's did, glue. Did stick. you see? So on the I think you might have been on the plane back. We went on a bachelor party. Great time. Austin, Texas, hotter than fuck. Still hungover. We were looking like Lucas Glover out there. Yeah. Um, Elvis Merzlikens. But they showed them on the 18th tee, which they went back to the first hole of the playoff. Dudes are wearing the exact same shit. White shirt, this like tan pants, same belt, same no. color shoes, same color hat. I'm like, dude, these two are They're just... like the PGA Tour's got all these Rory's and John Rons and Scotty Scheffler's and all the fun guys sitting Scotty in the Scotty Scheffler's not fun, by the way. Okay, well the guy Captivating. Captivating. The yeah. people that the guy that people like There's to watch. There's guys it. that are supposed to win these events. Correct. And it's not fucking Lucas Glover. <laughs> exactly. Um yes. And the fact that and I know it's tough because let's just preface it with this. They were out giving players IVs on the golf course in Memphis. And didn't they have, like, heat tents? Heat exhaustion tents. Somebody's yeah. caddy quit after 11 holes. <laughs> like it that would have been me 1,000%. <laughs> I would have been like, fuck it, I'm out. It, the, it's like a, the hot, crazy matrix. The, uh, the higher your player goes over par, the more likely you are to just walk off the golf course. You're like, the more dude, likely we're not your making player it to, is to carry his bag the rest of the way. We're not making it to next week, buddy. I'm out. Yeah. I'm oh, done. Dude, that would be a, an absolute nightmare. So it was very, very hot. Um, we were going through the same shit down in Austin, Texas. It was 105 degrees with humidity. I thought at multiple times, like... My my actual initial thought when I read the weather forecast is if I don't die this weekend, it'll be a good weekend. Like, there's legitimately possibilities of people dying in that heat. That's what I think before I go on every bachelor party. Yeah, But for not sure. for that reason. For other reasons, but that's just another, like, you have enough obstacles to, to get around at a bachelor party. You throw in 105 degree heat, that's like... <laughs> It's like a 95-mile-an-hour slider. What are you going to fucking do with it? Yeah, you're just going to take it. Yeah, just you're fucking just take, take it. it right in the shorts. Chill in the pool. The, um, oh, and this this was my... I tweeted this on our golf account. If Lucas Glover completely fucking soiling his shorts, his pants, um, and making them 
look like he just jumped in a pool, doesn't make the PGA Tour want to change the the rule about shorts, then I don't know what will. Because uh, that, and there was multiple times where the camera just blatantly like zoomed in on his ass, just leaking like a fucking faucet. It, yeah, I feel like they could have done him some more justice with the camera angles and the way they set up. Yeah, uh, you I'd be, know, I'd be like, shot. facing up, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking get get the belting up. <laughs> Nothing to worry about down there. Yeah, they, they did not do him any favors. And I can only imagine just the heat and how it felt. And on top of it, the dude doesn't play with any gloves. So can you imagine, like, he was wiping his hands off before every tee shot. I would be, if I didn't have a glove in that heat, I would be letting go of the club every single time. There would be no chance that it would be ejecto into the fucking El Trio. Yeah, they, I bet they were, they didn't have the umbrellas, but I bet they were like the Brian Harmon from the open where they had t- 12 gloves just ready oh, to absolutely. go, switching almost every hole. I practiced for like an hour and a half today and I went through three gloves and we're in Denver. So I can only imagine what would happen in Memphis. Like the, you really have to do be, pre- <laughs> you have to do be, you, you really have to be prepared for that kind of heat when it gets to that point. Like that isn't where you just go out there and you, you kind of figure it out. Maybe you're a little uncomfortable. Like that shit, you have to be, they're probably drinking a water bottle every hole or every two holes. And you're just leaking it right out of your, all your pores. Um, so I, I do give props to Lucas Glover. Do I think he belongs on the Ryder Cup team? No, I don't. Um, if that's what it comes to for our U.S. Ryder Cup team, then that's going to be sad. And not not a knock on Lucas, but you got to think we've got, you know, we've already got eight dudes solidified, but then we've got to have four other dudes that are more capable than Lucas Glover, in my opinion. Okay, let's get into that. So the Ryder Cup is coming up. And we know that the eight, the top eight guys are locks. This is from Kyle Porter, CBS on tw- on X. Also, I Scotty, I don't know when I'll ever get used to that. No, we just call um, it Twitter still. But so Scotty Scheffler is number one in points. Has almost double the amount of fucking points the second guy does. Pretty crazy to see who is number two in points. Wyndham Clark. Clark, Patrick Cantlay, Brian Harmon, Brooks Kepka, Max Homa, Xander Schauffele, and Jordan Spieth. So those guys are all in. Then you've got Cameron Young. Colin Morikawa, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, JT, and Glover is right behind Denny McCarthy, who Denny McCarthy, yes, we bet on him this week, so we're Laid extra salty, but he's not, he he has fucked us twice hard now. He's so given it to us good. Thank you for that. Like, Kitayama, he was hot during the, the beginning of the year. Zalatoris is still up there, which is hilarious. He will not be attending. Uh, Russell Henley, <laughs> Harris English, Tony Finau. So there's guys out there that, you know, inevitably. So, if you had to pick, you, the top eight guys go. Who are your next four rounding out the Ryder Cup team? God, that's tough, man. Um, I'd probably have to go. The I would go Cameron Young, and as much as I hate to say it, I'd probably yank Morikawa for Ricky Fowler, and then I would go Bradley and Burns. I think that is a very strong team. Because Keegan Bradley's that veteran. He's kind of going to be some of the some sort of team leader. Fowler's also going to be the team leader. Then you've got Scheffler, the, the you know the top talent guys, Kepka, um, dudes like that. But I think I think Ricky Fowler needs to be in there specifically for leadership and for uh, patriotism. Like, yeah, we want this is a team America. We yeah, want these... I want him wearing a fucking American flag banana hammock out there on the 18th green, swinging it around. We know Puma will come with some fire, Amer- you know, oh, Ryder absolutely. Cup stuff 
uh, and for Ricky and maybe even the whole team. But I'm actually right along there with you. I'd go Cam Young. I'd go Keegan Bradley. I'd go Ricky Fowler. Um, but I'd drop all the way down, I think, to 21, and I'd take Tony Finau on the team. Uh, I don't know how he's that low. I don't know why he he's lower than Russell Henry, Henry and Harris English. I think Tony Finau is he's like the Scheffler though. He's like not a lot of like not a lot of dudes want to hang out with him or like be like hey he's got his yeah, own. Yeah, he's not shit, a locker room guy. But he's everybody likes him though. That's the thing is he's not going to be like a weird out of place dude at a rider. Oh, for sure. No, I I agree with that. Like Finau, I I saw his name on the list and I feel like that's a legitimate, um, you know contention there but overall sam burns is playing way too good of golf to be left off the team like just his body of work over the last two years is just as good as just almost everyone on that list so i don't think you can leave sam burns off for for finau who's won a couple uh uh opposite field events in the last few years oh man that's <laughs> that cuts deep bro oh i had to do it that cuts super that's deep. for serbo you're welcome <laughs> all right um Another couple of notes from around golf this this week. Jordan Spieth sharing a sandwich. Give me your. Um, it kind of became like a cute little story. He shared a sandwich. With it was one banana, of peanut butter, butter banana, banana on Dude. like a whole nut grain. So peanut butter banana, like I am not a peanut butter guy anymore, but that is an elite sandwich. So what's your? Give me your top two snacks on the golf course. I've got two pretty clear ones, um, uh-huh. and and I'm taking sandwiches like turn food out of it i'm talking strictly this is in your bag snacks okay top two go uh goldfish it's a great one Uh, old bay goldfish by the way i just housed about half a bag of it and dude you're obsessed with celery salt like on your tombstone your cause of death is going to be by celery salt it is fucking good though I, i don't blame you um goldfish and probably like peanut butter crackers i love a good peanut butter cracker you feel me? Beef jerky's up there. I don't take that, mine. Okay. My, my top, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. My top two are like a good meat stick or beef jerky and then fruit snacks. Those are my two top two, top tier. Um, a lot of nutrition in there. Yeah, I'm not a big nutrition guy. Honestly, like, bananas would probably be like the most like, maybe I'll get bananas for the Rocky Mountain Open next I'm week. I'm also not a big banana guy. Like I, went I don't love bananas, but they have a I lot. Like, I love bananas. They're very like... Well, they they don't they're not healthy for you. They give you a shitload of energy and a lot of carbs and like I feel like for sustainability of energies, I bet Lucas Glover was hammering bananas, like in, <laughs> in Memphis. Oh, banana hammer, banana hammer, banana hammock. Yeah. Um, but what other? I mean, any other golf course snacks? Um, you're a sunflower seed guy. Sunflower seeds never but spit them on the green. No, that's such a big L. I if I'm a sunflower seed on the course guy, I have to have like a, I'll just take my cup, my finished drink, and spit it in there. I do like a good like trail mix. Trail that's mix gonna is get, fine. That's gonna give the me the thing like that annoys me vibes, is, but. is if I have like if there's chocolate in the trail mix, which no, there's not always. Then it's but, always melting. Yeah, it's on your fingers. Do you know what is fire in a trail mix is papaya. Yeah, I do. I love papaya. I do love like mix. a good dried or what yeah, is that? Yeah, dried like a papaya. Dried fruit. Yeah. Mom used to make her own trail mix and I loved it. We had a granola <laughs> mom. It. Dude, it's still it's great. It had like sesame sticks and like papaya. Had those little wasabi. Um, remember those? Those little wasabi oh, clusters? Yeah. Those were so fucking good. Absolute gas. I love wasabi. 
Um, I do too. You have to put wasabi in your soy sauce when you get sushi. You taught me that. Like I was, I'm not, I'm, as I get older, I'm getting more into the spicy life, which yeah. is kind of fun. You dabble a little bit. Like I, I'm still like a pussy when yeah, it comes me to too. something that just like really Like hits. ketchup sometimes is spicy. <laughs> like you get the wrong ketchup and I'm like, that's Spicy kind of mayo and I'm like, whoa, sriracha mayo. No, I'm sriracha like, mayo will blow you up. <laughs> It'll blow you away. <laughs> I've, I know what you want to I've say had, there. That's yeah. all. That's I've all, had some uh, rough goes of it with chili mayo going in and out. So I'm sorry, but that's just how it goes. Um, and all these golf course snacks, of course, relating to uh, John Rahm's quote about there being needing to be a porta potty on every hole. How many is the appropriate amount to use on the uh, use the bat? How many times is the appropriate amount to use on the bathroom on the golf course? Uh, Glad you this got is, through that one. I know I'm not good at reading. Um, <laughs> the, you know. I think this is very different. This is completely speaking from experience here. I'm not calling anyone out. Like, women and men are very different in this. 100%. Now, men get to piss anywhere they want on the course. That's more fair. But, like, I've never been so accosted by women by when when our bathroom was out on three and they had to wait till hole five. Yeah. What are we going to do? You just I don't know. 45 minutes ago. Like, that's a five holes is an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, they literally accosted me over us not having a porta potty, which disgusting, by the way. Um, oh, there's nothing worse. Nothing worse than a hot. I almost had to go to a, to a porta potty in Austin, and I was like, I would rather just go head first into the river. Like, yeah, no, nah, it's not just fun. hot, sweaty, smelly. Ugh. absolutely not fun. Um, porta potties, but yeah, that had many, to be the worst public bathroom. I think a porta potty every, I think three, six, twelve, and fifteen. I think every three holes is, is, three is holes a fine is amount. Valid. Um, not but for me, it's like this. If if I use use my porta potty use of when I actually need to go to the bathroom, I'd need one on seven. We're not counting the turn. Seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen, so, seventeen. So 18. when the drinks that's, hit, yeah, that's kind oh, of yeah. like ha- my use of porta potty. Yeah, just when goes you're directly drink, up. when you're drinking booze, yeah, it's every half hour. Um, you're you're you something needs to come out. I will say, and. From a relatable uh, standpoint, John Rom looks like the kind of guy that could have an emergency turd, and it just it has to happen right there. Like <laughs> he's thick enough to where uh, when a poop you comes, speaking from experience, yes, yeah, like I am speaking from direct experience. Um, when it needs to happen, it just needs to happen. It's not something that goes away. So he's he's the kind of thick dude that when the moment arises, he needs a porta potty there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What do you think PJ Tour porta potties look like? You think they put like some nice shit in there? I'm pretty sure they use like the same ones that the the patrons use. Like at the waste management, there was guys like dipping into the patron porta potties. Can you imagine how much John Rom sweats in a porta potty? Oh God, almost as much as fucking Lucas Glover leaking through your pants, Just so- soaking the pants. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of porta potties and and toilets in general, that brings us to our final segment of fairway or four. From last week, mine was the most disgusting public toilets are at the gym. This is uh, one that I've got backed off of pretty quick because I, as I started thinking of other toilets and have just made my way through life the last week, I can think of a few. I've been to an airport. I've been to a Mexican restaurant. Uh, I've been to a few places, uh, 7-Eleven. So I, I think I was wrong there, and, and the crowd also was um, was backing that statement. So 59% for... Uh, 41% fairway, so people dis- generally disagreed that the most disgusting public toilets are the gym. 
And it's not weird to order a tuna sandwich at a sub shop. Four got 71%. The, See, the public does not like you, man. shit, dude. That, you're, everybody's liars. You know what I think the issue is? Is I think that... Um, I think liars. The, no, I think the issue is fish smells, right? But you either like fish or you hate Dispo- fish. Yeah, They're like the Dallas Cowboys. You like them or you hate them. There's no like, oh... I think I, fish I, have won more than the Dallas Cowboys as a recent, but... You what? It was a joke. Like, you were comparing Fish and the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, they said, won more recently. Yes, I yeah. got you. Fish I, are winning. Dallas Cowboys not winning. Not winning, no. They fucking suck. But you you know what I mean? Like, you don't... People are never indifferent about fish. Yeah, for sure. They're polar. It's a polarizing subject. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of closet fish eaters. <laughs> and I'm just talking about fish. I'm, <laughs> I'm just talking about the food. Um, there's definitely people that, like, low-key enjoy eating a tuna sandwich that won't admit it. Really? I, I stand on you that think hill. that's like worth not admitting yeah because people are like you see the reaction people are like you fucking eat tuna sandwich i could tell this like hurts you no it great. bugs the fuck out of me because people are just like they act like you just lit yourself on fire and it's like no i just said i eat tuna at from fucking jimmy john's like not that big of a deal that's dude, I'm just trying to like analyze how angry you are about it because I do agree, but I'm also in the I maybe I'm a closet fish eater because I love it, but I will not order it if I'm around other people. I care too much about what other people think. Yeah, That's yeah, you're you, you are exactly what I'm but talking you about. You acting like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, but you're mad about it, so you but, do care. But if people were just honest and were like, yeah, you know, I don't really love it, but they're like, oh, that's fucking disgusting. Like that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, like they haven't ingested things grosser than that. Like that's probably where do you draw the line? Yeah, we're in 2023 and people eat, but they won't eat a tuna sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get that. All right, moving into our fairway or four for this week. I'll start us off. Um, This is going to be a hot take, but I believe that I do like a talkative Uber Lyft driver. Um, and, and not from the standpoint now, this is a very slippery slope. I'm going to have to lean into this bit because I just said it. I like, I enjoy some conversations. Me too. How are you today? Where are you going? What are you, you doing here? People. Yeah. Like I don't like when it's just completely dead silent mm-hmm. and I sit there and just stare at my phone and then get a headache and then the it's t- just it takes off. a lot more time. It feels like time passes by slower. Yeah. So you're on my side there. I, am. I think well, that, I fucking I could talk to a brick wall. Right. But so. but you'll talk to them even if they're not talking to you. I enjoy when they're talking back. Like I if they're I not won't talking, talk to them if they're not talking to me. That's psycho shit. Well, you'll be like, "How's your drive?" or "How's the like?" If they they have to initiate the conversation. I'm trying to get that rating. Uh, <laughs> I've got good uber ratings people like me no that's fair you're a likable i will say it's like the the equivalent of like getting paired with a single like you've probably met some really cool uber drivers and it's so it's it's worth the shot of talking to them and kind of getting to know them because if they're cool then you're like oh i kind of made a new friend today if they're not you're like holy shit like it makes you question why why you ever talk to any uber driver you know what i mean well i love an it's uber just luck of the draw i love an uber conversation not a them telling me their whole life story or this Been or that there. or me trying to do that to them obviously i'd pretty much i'm pretty self-aware so i'd stop oh yeah quickly. you're very self-aware i am actually but they, I do love a talkative Uber driver when they get in, they ask me how I'm doing, what I'm doing, where I'm going. You know, obviously they need to know that, but I, I'm, I'm on that side. Marissa, you, you gotta, you gotta tune Chime in. in. 
Uh, talkative Uber driver, yes or no? Nine out of ten times I'm car sick, so I'm just not talking. Okay, that's yeah, fair. And I'm, I actually get car sick too. Yeah, do you have those glasses with the mirrors? I ha- Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my God, I would love to see that. Have you ever seen those? No. It's basically like blinders for human beings. Where it's like, isn't there mirrors on either side? There's like, yeah, and then there's like water that like circles around it. So I don't know what it's supposed to do, but I is, do have. Is those. it just like a mobile mobile for a baby? Like it just distracts you. You're like maybe I looking I mean, up at the water, like whoa, this shit's hitting. Yeah, see, that would make might make me more car sick. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't use them. You get you get water sick. You get ocean sick. Boat sick. What do you? What is <laughs> motion sick? Sea sick. <laughs> Boat sick. Boat sick. Uh, okay, let's move on to mine. Um, so this is another thing, you know, usually these fairway fours are about me because uh, I'm somewhat selfish, but I am turning into a Hawaiian shirt guy, especially in the summertime. Like it, I feel like it somewhat, it kind of masks my mass a little bit. It kind of like makes it, makes it a little bit more presentable. And it also gives you a chance to kind of like express yourself a little bit with the, with the colors, with the designs. Um, and they're very comfortable. They're very comfortable, uh, especially when it's hot. They're super nice material generally. Um, but I feel like, I feel like Hawaiian shirt guys get a bad rap as being like creepy, like old dudes. So are, is a Hawaiian shirt dude, like a cool dude to be around? I think if you phrase it that way, yes. I think Hawaiian shirt, you see a guy at a party with a Hawaiian shirt on, he fucks. Yeah. And he has a good you. time. Yeah, exactly. Like time. it just, that is a hundred percent what I didn't get it out myself, <laughs> but you said it for me. I'm just there to fucking have a good time. Like that, that's what I you want. You know, he's drinking the most at the party. Yes. That is what I want to be known when I walk in. I'm wearing shorts and like boat shoes and a fucking Hawaiian shirt and some hat. Like it, I'm not taking myself too seriously. I'm there to have fun, and I want everybody just... I, I want to be... a. Pro, I feel like Hawaiian shirt guy is very approachable. Yeah, very... I, I love a Hawaiian shirt. Okay, Marissa. So this is what really is going to be the issue. <laughs> She's like, uh, no, fuck Hawaiian And also, quick side note, there's certain things that like dudes appreciate about dudes that chicks don't appreciate about dudes. You know what I mean? 100%. So like you can, you can see me at a party and be like, that dude's dope. Marissa could see me and be like, fucking... Turn the other way and walk as far away. I need a restraining order. Yes, exactly. So, what is, what is your opinion, Marissa? I think they're fine. Okay. I don't think I've ever looked at a guy in a Hawaiian shirt and was like, "Wow, he's creepy." Okay, got you. I maybe age has a thing has something to do with it, <laughs> um, because mostly Hawaiian shirt guys like in their late fifties, full blown alcoholic, like, which I could Boat be shoes. in thirty years. Um, you never know where the, where this world's going to take me, but. Uh, I just love a good Hawaiian shirt and not to sound uppity or anything, but Tommy Bahama is my brand. No free shout outs. They're just so fucking comfortable. Um, they fit me relatively well as anything can fit my body. Uh, <laughs> they have great designs. They usually do shit for like football season. They do. They, they're just very on the up and up with what, with their business. Like I feel like they do a very good job. So that that is my thing is I'm a Hawaiian shirt guy now. Preseason football's here. That means my Broncos Hawaiian shirt makes its appearance once a year. Uh, I, I have love a Tommy that Bahama shirt. Broncos shirt so that I'm fucking, probably gonna rock week one. So fucking comfy when it's hot out. Yep. Big Hawaiian shirt guy myself. Um, real quick before we get out of here and let you guys enjoy the rest of your week and the BMW Championship Olympia Fields in Chicago. We're gonna give you guys our picks. These are our players for the week. 
Um, I'm going to start. I got Cameron Young at plus 3,500 to win this thing. Be pretty crazy if he wins this event, but I think he fits this course. He still um, hasn't won. Jordan Spieth, he had a great week last week going into it. I don't want to cheer for him necessarily, but uh, he is plus 2,800 to win. And then Patrick Cantlay is plus 1,000, um, but I boosted him. So you're getting an extra 25% profit boost on, on any bet. So I boosted Patrick Cantlay from plus 1,000. This is the time of the year with these events where it's a little more acceptable to go into the triple digits instead of quadruple digits with a golf bet because there's only 50 guys. Like, there's only so many guys that are going to be able to win this event. And I think Patrick Cantley is one of them. I mean, he's in a playoff last week. If, if you know, we've seen guys can win back to back weeks, it's just it's current, you know, the current yeah. champion's back to back guy. Um, how insane would it be to pick Lucas Glover? Oh my God. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but we thought that last week and now. But, uh, uh, back to back in three weeks in a row, or like two. T- that's like it's like making one hole in one in a round, and then making three hole in ones in a round. That's very true. Which Brian Brian Harmon made um, two hole in ones in a round last year. Get the fun. Yeah, and I think they were both with hybrids, which is <laughs> another an exponential. They were probably like two hundred fifteen yards. <laughs> um, <laughs> him shit pumping. And I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. Uh, I'm going to go back to my guy that was like DFL last week, Sepp Straka. Him to top 10 Bro. is plus 400. That's my free bet. Okay. Sepp Straka to top 10 plus 400. So I've got Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Cameron Young, Sepp Straka on the free bet. Lock him in, bet 365. Okay. I I, I don't hate where your head's out there. Um, so preface this with I suck at gambling on golf. Uh, we I, are officially back to negative. I've been through. Oh my god! Yeah, that's we made disgusting. it back. It's just I don't sad. even look at the graphic. It makes me sick to my stomach. Um, so I'm 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 chucking up another turd this week. Probably another offer. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood plus two thousand to win. Feel like he's pretty dialed in right now, playing well. I'm going back to Thomas the Tank Engine, Tom Kim, um, plus thirty five hundred. I feel like he's also playing well. Not a super long course. Uh, him and Fleetwood are both pretty fucking good ball strikers. Then I've got Emiliano Grillo, who I wish I would have picked last week because he top 10 and his odds are outrageous. So he's to win, he's plus 8,000. I assume top 10, he's near, you know, maybe the odds are a little skewed because there's only 50 in the field. Um, but I assume he's somewhere in the plus six to 800 range. We'll post it on the graphic. And then my bonus bet is going to be Eric Cole. Uh, let me see what he is in the top 10 because I think he's plus 10,000 to win. So I actually wouldn't mind. Um, let's see. Eric Cole. He is top 10. He's plus 500. That is going to be my my bonus bet. Love Eric, that. Eric Cole, top 10, plus 500. Love that. Lock All right. In. Well, you guys enjoy the BMW Championship. We will be back next week to talk about the Tour Championship. I'll be in Grand Junction. Talk a little bit more about the Ryder Cup. Mitchell's playing in the Rocky Mountain Open next week. Two two weekends from now. Or next week, yeah. Yeah, not this upcoming weekend, but the next Next weekend. weekend. So we'll have to see. He's been grinding at the range. Uh, I'm excited to see how you do, man. Tournament golf is very different, but you've been there before. Um, it's been it's a not, while. Yeah, it's been a while, but you you get it. Yeah, yeah, you, you know you like you oh. get it. So good luck, dude. Cheering I pre- you on. I appreciate that. I be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I've played well at Tierra Auto before, so uh, just put together. My goal is to make the cut so I don't black out Friday night. Because oh, if I make the cut, 
it's a three-day events thursday friday make the cut saturday if you make the cut um if i miss the cut i am going scorched earth at all the wineries out in palisade it's gonna be it's gonna be uh the i don't know what is that movie where they're in the wineries it's jack nicholson um, sideways is that what it was called? I, that's a, is a movie title I've seen. I've I, never seen the movie. Yeah, it, it's going to be a shit show if I miss the cut. So uh, for me and my girlfriend's well being, I hope I make the cut so I have something to play for on Saturday. But either way, it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. I love it. I can't wait to hear how you do and see how you do. Uh, we will be back next week in some capacity or another before Mitch tees off. Enjoy your weekend. We appreciate you all for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTube if you're listening on there. Uh, or give us a rating on the podcast platform that you're listening to. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.